1: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: Oh girl, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big Thursday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not attacking Trump voters. That's not right. I'll tell you, Jamie Dimon, the head of J.P. Morgan Chase, telling the Democrats to stick a sock in it. Because Trump actually did a good job for the country. That's true. That is true. This is seismic, and we're going to get into it in this hour, because it's not every day uh, you get anyone in a position of prominence telling you that Trump's voters and Republicans aren't a bunch of white supremacists. That's kind of the standard operating procedure in our politics right now.
1: The left weaponizes race. Whenever they're losing an argument.
2: Well, they're certainly losing it now, according to the polls. 888-788-9910. Whether you agree or you disagree, you are welcome on the show. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how
3: smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are.
2: No, ma'am. You can be a Republican, be a Democrat, libertarian, independent. You can identify as a dog. Doesn't matter. All we ever ask, all we ever ask is that you don't be a boom. There it is. Happy Thursday. Um, right off the tippy top, uh, quick announcement. I know a lot of you who watch FailaVision were really excited to see me on the Sean Hannity show tonight. Uh, sadly, I have been bumped on the Hannity show. Uh, I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Don't get mad. I was bumped for Donald Trump. Uh, they're doing a one on one exclusive with Trump and Hannity. My life is so funny that I, I you get a call, like a little old me. It was like a cab driver five years ago. They're like, yeah, Jimmy, it's yeah, Hannity. I've got to bump you. The president of the United States is on the show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, why are you even telling me this? Like, I'm like, I'm going to be mad? Oh, how dare you? Don't you realize I beat Mike Tyson's punch out without ever getting knocked? Like, what are my signature accomplishments? I've saved the Princess and Super Mario Brothers. Okay, I yam on the radio all day, but the point is no fail of vision tonight. On the Sean Hannity Show. That being said, I have agreed to appear tomorrow night. So there you go. It's not a bad Thursday after all. You get the Trump man tonight. You get a little fail vision tomorrow. But right now, you get some you and me time on the radio. We got a lot to get to, but I start. Oh, uh, man. Oh, boy. Oh, man. This is nuts. This Jamie Diamond quote is so fascinating. We're going to get to it in a second. But what's going on right now in our politics is very unique to this moment. And what I mean by that is there's this new trend now that began in the age of Trump. It started accidentally when Hillary Clinton was caught on a hot mic calling Trump supporters a basket of deplorables. Get her out. Get her out of here. And, you know, that became almost shtick if you were a right-winger. Like, I'm just a deplorable, I'm just a dirtbag, I'm just here in this basket. But it ushered in a new era of politics in that they weren't just going after their opponents, they were now going after their voters. And we've watched this become the standard operating procedure in cable news. You turn on MSNBC at any hour of the day, there's someone sitting around waiting to call you a racist if you're a conservative or you live in the middle of the country. Okay, their reaction to Iowa is disgusting, disgusting. But why are we here? Why are we in this moment where they're trying to ostracize anyone with conservative values? Okay, it's a coordinated effort, to be sure, because they want to share up their support from the gullible idiots who really do believe that America in 2024 is America in 1824, is America in 1924. Two eras, by the way, where Democrats were running the Ku Klux Klan. You know, all of the racism you have in this country, whatever happens to be left. I mean, we are the most tolerant and inclusive society the world has ever known right now. We are. By any objective measure, there is not a more inclusive or tolerant society on the planet. But the reason they're out there every day selling racism is they're desperate for minority voters. And they don't have a record they can hand minority voters. ...that would justify voting for this party ever again.
4: He knows what he's talking about.
2: When you see rappers like Ice Cube, who's an iconic rapper, iconic. Ice Cube is the opening bar of Straight Outta Compton, which is one of the most iconic rap songs of all time. N.W.A., the movie, if you remember, made a hell of a splash 30 years after the band mainstreamed rap in pretty much every teenage living room in America... Ice Cube was the lead-off hitter on Straight of Compton. Easy e batted cleanup on that track, sadly no longer with us. But the point is, Ice Cube saying that black people have no reason to support the Democrats is a really big problem. Oh, I'm in trouble. And then when you hear people like Nicki Minaj being like, where is all the tax money going? How come I spend all this money in my neighborhood still looks like, you know... And then you get Meek Mill tweeting yesterday. Y'all are going to be shocked when you see who black people vote for in 2024. I mean, the Democrats are panicking. So they're trying to make the 2024 election a referendum on everyone's a racist but us. Now, in theory, it doesn't mean the Democrats are racist, but their policies have failed the black community. The schools are failing. The crime rates are soaring. Okay, you can't go shopping in a liberal city right now and buy things And just put it in a basket and leave the store, because in places like New York and Philadelphia and Los Angeles and San Francisco and Detroit and Chicago, all of your cosmetics are now locked up in a cage. Okay, they want you to believe, oh, you can't can't bring back Trump. Okay, it'll be lawlessness if Trump gets back into office. Guys, you have Colgate toothpaste behind bars right now. Okay, I want to live in an America where the toothpaste is free and the criminals are locked up. Correct the mundo. But the point is, this is the world they've created. So the only way out is to be like, well, don't be like those racists. Look what they did out in Iowa. That was racist. That's what they're going with. They are waging a war on conservative voters. It's disgusting. And of course, it speaks to a level of desperation I've never seen in our politics. I know people will do anything for power. And I'm aware that people will say crazy things for power. But this actual approach to winning a vote, that is everybody just as some type of a dirtbag or they're pro-rape. Here's Joe Scarborough. I'm going to play you a clip from Joe Scarborough. God,
3: no, God, please, no, no, no.
2: Here is Joe Scarborough, OK, saying the people of Iowa like rapists. That's why they voted for Trump. Clip three.
3: Well, you know, people didn't do it before because usually candidates who judges say are rapists don't usually get this far. But what we found in Iowa a couple nights ago was, well, Iowa Republicans that voted those 14 percent, they like their presidential candidates that are called rapists by judges, and they like their presidential candidates that steal nuclear secrets. And repeatedly and, defame women. And they like their presidential candidates that repeatedly defame women.
2: I mean. That was embarrassing. So Joe Scarborough says the Iowa voters are pro-rape, they hate women, and they like candidates that steal nuclear secrets. Now, to be clear... Chump, okay, in this wild Eugene Carroll lawsuit, was never criminally charged. Never. Okay. We don't even have proof that he met her, let alone that he raped her. But he has lost a civil suit against her in New York City, a town that is so liberal they wanted to defund the cop and the village people. 96% of the city itself is liberal. You throw Trump in front of a jury, they're going to convict him. They don't need evidence. And I, maybe he did it, maybe he didn't. I don't know. But the point is, okay, we don't have that conviction, nor the criminal charges being brought. Okay, he has not been convicted or criminally charged, okay, with stealing nuclear secrets. That hasn't happened. So do you understand what Joe Scarborough is saying is not factually supported, It is a straw man argument, but he feels no shame in going after Iowa voters. People he's never met. People doesn't know. Okay. And this idea that there's this, this automatic assessment. Well, they, they must just like the bad things about Trump. And why can he take that line of attack? Because they network never acknowledges the good.
1: Oh, wow.
2: In their world. You must be attracted to the things they obsess over. Hey, they like guys who tweet a lot. But in the real world, not where the media elites hang out and nothing the government does affects them, in the real world, okay, where you want a better education for your kid, where you want a safer street for your family, where you want a more secure border, where you don't want every one of your tax dollars to go subsidize wars on the other side of the world that we have nothing to do with, okay? In that world, Trump is the greatest man who's ever lived. It doesn't mean you're okay with all of his personality flaws. But in the MSNBC world, where the only way they can make a case for voting Democrat is to call you the Antichrist if you vote Republican, this line of attack actually makes sense. Bingo. Listen to Jimmy Kimmel, former comedian turned beta male activist, discussing the Iowa caucuses. And the crowd loves this. Clip four.
4: They drop all the names into a popcorn bucket, and they find the baldest guy they can... To count them aloud.
3: Ramaswamy. Trump.
4: Haley. Haley. Those were about the only two votes Haley got. She uh, didn't, (laughs) as was expected, Trump won the caucus tiny-handedly. Even though he barely spent any time in Iowa, it somehow made voters love him more. It's the same strategy he used raising Eric and Don Jr.
5: Hey,
2: And the crowd laughed at that. Kimmel is capable of being funny, but the idea that he has to come into a show every night and make sure everybody knows he hates Trump and that they're better than Republicans, okay, is why the Democrats are losing right now. That's not a solution to a failing school system. Not the solution to a porous border. It's not the solution to soaring crime rates. If you're going to be an activist, you should act on behalf of some type of societal improvement. Their problem is they're just selling moral superiority and self-righteousness where comedy used to go. That's the problem they're having. Okay, here's Joy Reid saying it's a vengeance tour. This is what people are into. They want Trump to tear down his enemies and kill everybody. The media's in on it. Adolf Hitler. Listen to this, Joy Reid. It's clip six.
0: I want to talk about the media's role in all of this, because sure. we were talking during our morning call, our therapy call, as we go, <laughs> about, you know, the question of whether the media has always kind of hold back when it came to, number one, criticizing the American voter and looking Mm -hmm. at them, you know, a little bit with a little more circumspection, but even candidates like Trump. And I go to the 1930s when the New York Times was doing style pieces on uh, Adolf Hitler Mm -hmm. and saying, oh, he's going to moderate himself Mm -hmm. when he gets in office and actual power is in his hands. I feel like that's happening again because people don't want to come at the voter. But these voters are actively saying, yes, we want a dictatorship. Yes, we want him to be dictator. Yes, we like autocracy, and she- it's just not being examined.
2: You are so full of shit.: People are afraid to go at the Trump voter? Yesterday, we played you three montages of MSNBC saying Nikki Haley lost because she was a brown lady. Okay, you guys have been called homophobes for not wanting, you know, any policy forced on your kids in kindergarten. Transphobes for not wanting a biological man swimming against biological women. You were guilty of transgenocide for saying men couldn't have babies. Something we all agreed on all the way back to the beginning of time.
4: Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir.
2: But where it really gets so ridiculous is when Joy Reid tries to make the point about Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler. He killed 12 million people. The only thing Trump has ever killed is a couple of Big Macs over at the McDonald's down the block from Trump Tower. This guy will say anything. Adolf Hitler. Okay, and she makes the case. Well, you know, the New York Times is doing style pieces on Hitler, and they were. The New York Times was all on board with appeasement and was dressing up Hitler as this new type of leader. And he was new. Let's be very clear. Doesn't mean he was good. Good Lord. But this idea of the New York Times was saying, oh, he's going to moderate himself when he gets into office. Guys. Hitler didn't get into office and become Hitler, okay, after losing the office, running for re-election, and winning it again. If you're a dictator, you don't, know, there's, again, there's no box set out about Hitler, the moderate years. This idea that Trump is a president, he's going to be an autocrat, he's going to kill his enemies, he's going to round us all up. He was already president! If he was going to do that, he would have done that!
4: That's true. That is true.
2: OK, but this is what they're down to. They're down to pretending we don't like, OK, any of the good things that happened in this country before Biden took over. We only see the bad because we're evil. OK, that's what they're down to now. OK, but the problem is social pressure. It can be effective on social media, it can be effective in real life but it can't pay your bills, can't keep your family safe, can't get your kid an education. The Democrats have failed in every one of those areas. So you're going to get called Hitler, okay? You're going to get called pro-rape. <laughs> it's bananas. But it's all they got left in the tank, so buckle up, better cup, because this race to the bottom is going to pick up speed.
3: And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit.
1: The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds now! You're listening to Fox Across America.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to have an honest conversation with the American people. 888 788 Nine nine one zero. The only rule we ever have on the show. We're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. But trust me, you're going to hear plenty of people badmouth you if you're a conservative. If you live in the flyover states, as they derisively refer to you, guys. If you live in the middle of the country, you hit the lottery. Oh God, Mike. Oh, Jenny's family where they live in Ohio got Wapakoneta. You got space. You can walk out of your house in the morning without seeing some hobbit who doesn't have any pants on. What the hell did you just say? What did I say? I said, good morning. I see that guy every day. (laughs) It's not like a big deal. (laughs) Any other part of the country, you see a guy with no pants on. You're like, that's crazy. In New York, you're like, oh, that's Harry. How you doing, man? Everything good? How's the fam? Uh, It's nuts here, okay? But the coastal elites, they want to feel better about the decision to live here and spend $8,000 a month for a studio apartment. So there are these generational stereotypes that get passed down from generation to generation that you folks with your lower taxes and your affordable cost of living are the idiots here. You know the term McMansion? It's my favorite term in the world. I grew up using it. I didn't know. When I was like, uh, you know, out of high school, getting into college, look at these dopey people in their McMansions. You believe these idiots? They got these brand new houses for cheap and their mansions. And in my head, I was like, hey, wait a minute. Like, what? that doesn't sound bad to me at all, Jim. And that's, like, when my intellectual curiosity was peaked When I started to get into politics, I didn't know anything about them. I still don't know a lot. But as I would listen to people and their reasoning behind certain decisions, it would always jump out at me if there was some type of logical, you know, fallacy, some type of stupid, you know— uh, point of deductive reasoning the idea that you're an idiot because you live in a more affordable place where your family's safer now that's where the dumb people live you got to be here where carjackings are up 345 percent that's how you make a good life for your family <laughs> it's so crazy but that's where we're at now like this election i am go- i might i don't do drugs i know that's shocking if you listen to the show every day but I might do them from here to Election Day just to stay in some type of a goofy mood because we're going to need it, man. They are coming after you so hard. If you saw the FBI revelation last night brought by Jim Jordan, who was on our air talking about it, that they were searching any bank transaction with the word MAGA or Trump related to it. So if it was fundraising, if it was for like a merchandise store, that they were literally investigating your finances, treating you as some type of a terrorist, that's what they think of you. And the only way to get back at them is to pull a voting lever. So get your game face on.
1: Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: Oh, girl. So here's one. And I do mean it because we have a lot of bipartisan listeners on this show. Here's one that will come with a trigger warning. Okay, if you're one of the liberals who listens to me in good faith and goes, you know, fail his little dopey, but he's obviously not like a militant attack dog. He's doing a pretty fair show, as he sees it anyway. Uh, and I give the guy a chance. If you're one of those liberals, but, you, you know, you can put up with me, but you really hate conservatives or you hate Trump, you're not ready for this clip. Okay, this is Jamie Dimon who runs JP Morgan Chase, who is the most influential person on Wall Street. And uh, he's on CNBC's Squawk Box, as he is wont to do from time to time. And uh, the subject comes up of MAGA and Trump voters and this whole attitude of shaming Trump voters, of attacking these people. And Jamie Dimon, a guy who directly impacts economic policy in this country, presiding over the biggest wealth management in the country, OK, has this to say about Trump. Again, if you're a Trump hater, I'm not trying to upset you. This is just what the man said. But if you hate Trump, you're going to hate hearing this. So I'm trying to be considerate. Clip 18.
6: I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA and they're basically scapegoating them, that you are like him. Now, if you look, just take a step back. Be honest. He's kind of right about NATO. Kind of right about immigration. He grew the economy quite well. China China virus. Tax reform worked. He was right about some of China. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why the vote for him. This negative talk about MAGA is going to hurt Biden's election campaign.
4: I admire your honesty. Seriously.
2: Okay, did you hear what he just said? Okay, really think about that. I wish the Democrats think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA. They're scapegoating them, the voters. Like, you're like him. You just take a step back and be honest. It's right about NATO. Kind of right about immigration. Grew the economy quite well. Trade, tax reform worked. He was right about some of China. He wasn't wrong about these critical issues. That's why they're voting for Trump.
4: You are correct, sir.
2: So to circle back for a second to what they were saying about the Trump voter at the top of the show today which is you're the worst human. This is Joe Scarborough. This is clip three.
3: Well, you know, people didn't do it before because usually candidates who judges say are rapists don't usually get this far. But what we found in Iowa a couple nights ago was, well, Iowa Republicans that voted, those 14%, they like their presidential candidates that are called rapists by judges. And they like their presidential candidates that steal nuclear secrets. And repeatedly and, defame women. And they like their presidential candidates okay. that repeatedly defame women. I mean, good gosh. I mean, that is totally absurd. But it's so funny.
2: And you again, I have a lot of mutual friends in the media who know Joe Scarborough. He hates himself. So much. He's considered the second worst human being to work for after Whoopi Goldberg, and that's only because she farts on her stage hands. It's, a th- it's, a, it's actually like a known thing in show business. I'm sorry. I consider this lowbrow. I'm not doing it to be like morning zoo funny. It's just it's actually like a known thing. <laughs> it's disgusting. I know. It's not good. I'm not happy about it. But Scarborough's just considered the most loathsome human being. Mika Brzezinski considered worse. Like, they're terrible to what you'd call the little people. And uh, their disdain for the rank-and-file Trump voter because you're not a media elite like them. And they can only fathom a world where you're voting for him because of the things they make up about him. Like, Trump ain't Hitler. Hitler killed 12 million people. Trump was in office with full control of the military. He didn't kill anybody. Okay? He, it's not what he did. That's not who he is. Okay? We've known who Donald Trump was in the public eye, for the last 40 years. If you want to tell me he's a potty-mouthed heathen, a short-fingered vulgarian, I'll sign up for that, because he is. He's very confrontational, very crass, very bombastic. He's also funny, okay? But he's not any of the other things. He's not the Klan. He's not Hitler. He's not anti-woman, okay? He had women all over his administration, including Nikki Haley. Uh, obviously loves his daughter quite a bit. He's not anti-immigrant, married one. He has never once said, we don't want immigrants coming to this country. He has said, come here legally. Their characterization of Trump is theirs alone. But again, to the point Joe Scarborough just made, well, you're only voting for this guy because he says the bad stuff. No. Listen to what Jamie Dimon just said. They're voting for the guy because he was right about everything. He was. It's like, that's a fact. It doesn't mean we like it. It doesn't mean we like January 6th. It doesn't mean we like every tweet. But he was right about everything. Like, he was right about everything. The reason black people are voting for Donald Trump, okay, and Biden's losing the support that he is with blacks and Latinos, is because they've had 50 years of Democrats talking to them politely and then screwing them over once they got in office. That is
6: correct.
2: They've had this going on for the last 50 years. 50 years. Okay, you think black people after the last four years where their school systems got crushed because Biden opened up the border and let in 8 million people. So black inner cities that are already struggling to get by, crippled by inflation and soaring crime, are now getting handed sanctuary migrants who came into this country illegally.
4: But
3: blindness Dias.
2: Okay, over in Denver, their number one hospital is in... It's on the precipice of going under. Because they've had $130 million worth of treatment... That people couldn't pay for this year because they've they've taken on that many surplus people in their community. Do you understand the American citizenship you possess is supposed to hold value? It's supposed to make you, as a taxpaying citizen in this country, a priority for your government. And you're not one. You're not one. You're not even close. You're not even top ten right now. Okay? You're not even top ten. They want the border open. They now admit that. Like a year ago, it was a great replacement theory. If you said we were bringing in new people and changing the demographics, that's racist. What is this, Hitler? And now they're like, Republicans just oppose the secure border because they don't like us changing the demographics in the elections. You're like, wait, you weren't supposed to say that. But now they say it. But understand they don't actually have any tangible improvements for those communities. Now, the people who are pro-Trump, that are pro-capitalist, they, believe me, don't get out of bed and go, oh, I agree with everything he says. Ah, there, there, now there's a perfect guy. Nobody thinks that. You know, Trump has some crazy fans, as politicians do, that really do think that. I'm not denying you that. But the vast, 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 vast majority of people pulling a voting lever for Trump are two things one, pro America, and two, sick of the elites selling them out. Bingo, man, bingo. Trump only won the presidency. Believe me, he had a worse mouth in the run-up to 2016 than he did right now. Worse. He was on Twitter all day in 2016, just annihilating people. Okay, he was much worse then. But now they have four years of his governance to draw on when they decide who they want to support in this election. And you understand those four years, according to Jamie Dimon, the most brilliant economic mind in banking... He was right about everything. That's what Jamie said. I'll play it again. Kind of right on this. Kind of right on that. All the way right on this. That's why people are voting for him. Here it is. Clip 18.
6: I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA, and they're basically scapegoating them, that you are like him. If you look, just take a step back. Be honest. He's kind of right about NATO. Kind of right about immigration. He grew the economy quite well. China, China so tax, virus. tax reform worked. Yeah. He was right about some of China. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why the vote for him. This negative talk about MAGA is going to hurt Biden's election campaign. Interested.
2: I mean, dude, seriously, you get one of these. I mean, and it would be wrong not to. is a nice round of applause. is a nice round of applause. He didn't say Trump's the best guy who ever lived. He just said, hey, would you shut up? Like, would you shut up when people uh, say—and Republicans do this. They're like, oh, oh, yeah, we're done with Trump. It's so divisive. It's it's too divisive. Guys, one of the reasons it's divisive is they've spent every day of his existence in the public sphere calling him Hitler or a Klansman. Calling you Hitler or a Klansman. Yeah, we're a little divided. Okay, if you're trying to unite the country, if you're throwing a party and you want people to RSVP, yes— You don't send them a save-the-date card that says, hey, you racist Hitlers, you want to come over to the Unity Barbecue? You don't do that. Is his rhetoric divisive? Absolutely. He doesn't get a free pass. I I can't give him one. Okay. But you understand their whole entire business model is based on a manufactured hysteria surrounding this man. Don't ever forget, when you talk about the performative outrage, the performative hysteria, When Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live, really let this sink in, as the kids say. Donald Trump hosted Saturday Night Live not once, but twice. Saturday Night Live airs on NBC. NBC is where he hosted The Apprentice for 15 years. When Donald Trump won the presidency, Saturday Night Live opened the show By having Kate McKinnon sing Hallelujah, and the cast wept because Donald Trump was the president.
4: That was absolutely dreadful.
2: You know, the guy that was on the network the previous 15 years? The guy who hosted Saturday Night Live that year? So that year, he hosted the show. Five months later, yeah, the guy we were writing sketches with in the spring is Hitler. We're all going to die. Do you not get the performance art of that Do you not get the manufactured hysteria in that moment? Again, it doesn't mean Trump didn't say bad things or do bad things, but they were hanging out with a guy. If he's literally Hitler, they're literally Goebbels. Okay, it's the stupidest thing you've ever seen, but that manufactured hysteria is what divided the country. Okay, you can tell me you didn't like his rhetoric, okay, but his rhetoric was related to policies no other politician will address. So because Trump didn't speak eloquently on the border, we don't have border security anymore. We have a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. Okay? Inner cities are now overwhelmed because they declared sanctuary status that they had no intent to follow through on. They were calling themselves sanctuary cities. Why? Because it was a way of shaming people who wanted to secure the border. Hey, just let them in. We'll take them. How dare you secure them? That's racist. To not want people breaking the law to come into this country. That's racist to not want cartels smuggling in drugs and human trafficking women, 30% of which get sexually assaulted. What's wrong with you? That was the tack they took. More concerned about the politics than the people. The border is a humanitarian crisis. And the people that support border security aren't doing it because they're anti-immigrant. No one says don't come. They say come legally. Pay taxes. Buy into the system. Don't get smuggled in. Don't walk a thousand miles. Don't potentially drown in a river, as is happening, sadly. Okay, but come. By all means, come. You know, and when they start taking the the tact of, well, you can only adopt a policy like this if you're some kind of a racist. Okay, they are the ones showing indifference to the people that are suffering. Okay, and understand this is where we find ourselves in our politics. Jamie Dimon took a risk by doing that. By saying, hey, by the way, Trump was right about everything. That's a risk. He might never get booked on any of those networks again because it's pro wrestling over there. They bring him on, okay, because they want confirmation bias. One of the reasons you guys hate Jessica Tarloff, and God, you shouldn't. She's the best. She's a really cool girl to hang out with. Like when I'm driving home from the city, if I ever have a free second on a weeknight, she's the first person I call. Jessica Tarloff, you guys hate her. I love her because I don't care about her politics. It's about the individual people. But the reason you hate her is because you hate her policies. We let her articulate liberal policies and beliefs, and she's great at it. Okay, if you're watching a channel and you like what you believe to be the opposition party's representation, it's because the channel's full of Okay, you hate a lot of the liberals on Fox because they're true liberals, and we're letting them make their point. Okay, that's what we do. That's why you hated Juan Williams so much. You guys hated Juan Williams. You guys hated Geraldo. If Geraldo came up at my shows, you guys were like, oh, God, you'd lose your mind. And we, listen, we didn't agree with Geraldo's policies all the time, but we liked the guy. So much so that when he left Fox, we all chipped in and bought him a submarine trip to the Titanic. But the point is, I kid, Geraldo, I hope you're doing well. The point is, <laughs> these other networks are pro-wrestling. Joe Scarborough is billed as the Republican on MSNBC. Joe Scarborough, the Republican. Not even close. The one who just said you're all pro-rapist, pro-stealing classified information, pro-demeaning women. He's the Republican over there. Okay, you'd wonder why the liberals like him so much. Because he's a fake Republican. A Republican on MSNBC is like a chicken that works on the board at Popeye's. You can call it a chicken, but it's really not looking out for its fellow chicken's best interests at the end of the day if it's in the fried chicken business. Okay, that's who the Republicans are on MSNBC and CNN. They don't actually represent or stand up or advocate for Republican voters. It's pro wrestling. It's pretend. They're just a heel. They're to get beaten. That's what they're there to do. So you understand we have this moment right now where it's so impossible just to have an honest conversation that guys like Jamie Dimon speaking out, it matters. The reason I get on the air and try to speak out is it matters. Okay, I try to do a show where anybody is welcome because we are dealing with so much performative BS right now, and it's impossible to make progress or have a constructive dialogue because here's a newsflash. Nobody wants a constructive dialogue because if the problems go away, they got nothing to run on.
4: That's true. That That is true. true.
1: The show that sees through the bullshit.
3: My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you.
1: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: Talk about living in the death of shame. Here is Representative Maxwell Frost from Florida. Challenging the GOP to introduce a bill to remove the Statue of Liberty over their bigoted border policies. I mean, you're the lowest form of life on Earth. really is. Here it is, clip 42.
5: To my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, let's be honest with immigrants who deserve better than what you're offering them. Don't welcome immigrants if you plan to reject them. If you keep pushing your bigoted HR two bill, then also pass this bill. I've taken the liberty of drafting it for you. It removes the Statue of Liberty, our largest symbol that tells people to come here. This is who you are, removing the fabric of America. So I wanna know which Republican who supports and voted for H.R. 2 will introduce this bill.
2: Oh, shut up, woman. I mean, seriously. That was embarrassing. That was embarrassing if you have any self respect to begin with, but how could you? How could you? Why don't you just remove the Statue of Liberty? If you support border security. Hey, the Statue of Liberty was about people coming here legally. They came, they passed the Statue of Liberty, they showed up on Ellis Island, they were processed, they got health screenings, and then they were welcomed to the new world. Okay, the border is not about legal Immigration, it's about illegal immigration, something that is overwhelming us financially, that is overwhelming infrastructure, and is compromising the quality of life for actual tax-paying citizens. So when you get somebody like Maxwell Frost out there like, why not just remove the Statue of Liberty? It's just a grandstanding a-hole trying to get some clicks. That's not a guy trying to govern. it's a guy trying to be an influencer. Look at me. I went out there. I said something completely ridiculous that doesn't actually correlate with what we're talking about. Come on, Maxwell Frost. We already got one of those in Congress. Her name is AOC.
5: AOC is a dope.
1: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom. There it is. And here we go. Big hour of Fox Across
2: America with Jimmy Fallon coming up. 888-788-9910. Toll-free number if you want to be a part of this. We could never charge you to enter a radio house of ill repute such as this one. But uh, 888-788-9910. You know the rules if you want a piece of the action. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. All we ever ask is that you don't be a (laughs) as we roll on, as we motor on. There's a lot of silliness going on in our politics Donald Trump pulling out his crystal, crystal ball last night in New Hampshire, saying the following about Ron DeSantis, clip 17.
3: By the time he joined the campaign, he was pretty much decapitated. But he has, not done, he has not done a good job in campaigning. But I'm sure he's a nice fellow. I think he's going to be gone. I think all of those applause, that was funny. But I think, he's, I think you can probably save him for about a week or so, because I think he's going to be gone. He's in fifth... He yeah. Well, we're going to hear that, I suspect. Now, well, I hear he's going to drop out pretty soon, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, may God bless him. Do you
6: agree? May God bless him. <laughs> he's going to need it.
2: Oh, Ron DeSantis is a good guy. Uh, great governor. And I don't doubt will be president someday. Okay, maybe 2028, maybe 2032. Wrong. Stop it. Uh, DeSantis has a bright future in politics. Super competent. In fact, Again, I don't um, I don't root for the individuals the way a lot of people do. I just want the country to do well. I would have been thrilled if DeSantis was the nominee. Thrilled. Uh, I think it would have been great. I mean, I would have been thrilled with Tim Scott being the nominee because it would have been good for the country to have a, a, an honest conversation about race. So maybe he might wind up on Trump's ticket. That would be huge if, it, if he does. OK, I don't know that we're going to get there, but it would be helpful if we did. Uh, that being said, you know, DeSantis came into this with so much heat. So much heat. Okay, and if you remember, the mismanagement of his campaign really did happen at Word One. It was just such, you know, they launched on Twitter spaces because all of these brilliant consultants that they gave a gazillion dollars to were like, we're going to be the hip president. We're going to launch directly with the people on Twitter. It was only one small problem. No one had ever tested such a launch on Twitter. And came out of the gate with a disastrous launch. And again, it didn't wasn't the end of the world, but it really spoke to people with bad political instincts leading his campaign. And the truth is, as politicians go, he's as competent and as sharp of a guy as we have out there. He is. He's legit legit good. The problem, you know, he's up against is the problem Haley's gonna run into. It's almost impossible to be Trump because we've seen what Trump looks like in office, and the country was exponentially better under Donald Trump. ...than they happen to be right now under Joe Biden. Tell them like it is. I don't know what you could point to to argue with me. Borders better under Trump. Okay. Economy better. That matters. Crime better. That matters. Foreign policy better. That matters. Domestic energy policy way better. That really matters. Okay. Inflation better. Gas prices better. It's all better. Okay. So you can tell me you don't like the tweets, but if your family's doing better... You're gonna put up with the tweets every damn time. And that's what Haley and DeSantis are running into. It's not that they're particularly bad. I don't think Nikki Haley's any of the things. She's being called by conservative media outlets. But the guy, you know, if you're on Twitter, if you if you get clicks for a living, if that's your job, you need extreme takes and you need to make people sound extreme. Or people aren't really gonna to react to your content the same way. That's where the that's where social media is dangerous. Okay, we're in a position here at Fox as a big network to take exception to things politicians do. And yes, we'll hear the blowback. Screw you, Fox! I'm going to Newsmax! Great. Then you turn on Newsmax and you see a director hold up his iPhone and yell, action. You're like, oh, they're really filming this on a phone? It's a garbage product. Okay, but the point is, not just that we make a better product, but that we're sitting here calling balls and strikes, which is why we piss off Republicans if they do something wrong. We don't owe them. We owe the country. We're American. We want the country to do well. So I'd be fine with any one of these Republican candidates being the president. I think they'd do a damn better job than what we have right now. But the reality is it's getting late early around here, as my man Yogi Berra says. If you're up on the hill in St. Louis right now eating Italian food, you're right down the block from Yogi Berra's house. Here is Nikki Haley still in the race, polling well ahead of DeSantis in New Hampshire. Clip 19.
3: DeSantis is moving most of his campaign staff to your home state of South Carolina. What do you make of that strategy and the fact that he's going to your home state? He's invisible in New Hampshire and South Carolina, so it doesn't matter to me. His campaign
2: says that if you lose in South Carolina, this is going to be the end of your campaign, which is why
0: he's going there. What do you have to say to that?
3: He's closer to zero than he is to me in either of these states. So it's more about his survival. We're strong. It's a two-person race here in New Hampshire. It's a two-person race in South Carolina. So we're focused on Trump. That's all we're focused on.
6: Um, DeSantis, I forgot about him the second he left
3: New
5: Hampshire. Ouch.
2: And DeSantis is, you know, going to take more slings and arrows between now and the end of South Carolina. But if I had to guess, uh... I don't know how he stays in. I mean, the money's drying up. Okay, his super PAC is laying people off right now. Okay, they're guaranteeing them they'll pay through the end of January. Guys, the end of January is in two weeks. The super Tuesday is until March. (laughs) If you're working on a presidential campaign and they're like, good news, we've got you paid till the end of January.
3: That can't be good.
2: Because that sounds like the end of the campaign. Okay, here is DeSantis trying to explain... Why he's campaigning in South Carolina before New Hampshire, which is the next contest. Clip 23.
4: Well, what it says is we had a town hall scheduled earlier today in the afternoon in New Hampshire and then this. So I had the morning where usually candidates sleep in a little bit after a hard-fought caucus. But I said, you know, let's make use of that. We weren't sure how the weather was going to be here in New Hampshire. So I said, why don't we dip into South Carolina Make an appearance and then come up to New Hampshire. So I think what it says is uh that we consider New Hampshire, South Carolina, uh to both be important, as well as Nevada, by the way.
2: All right. Now he's talking about Nevada and uh never a good sign. Uh, but the reason he's doing that is he's trying to make it look like there's a forward facing trajectory in this campaign. I'm not happy he's going through this, like personally. I really, I think DeSantis would be a phenomenal president. Again, whoever the president is, if the country does well, we win. I'd be happy with a Biden presidency. If he was actually the president and the country was doing well, it'd be great. But Biden's not the president and the country's not doing well.
0: If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. No,
2: we have a bunch of ideological idiot bureaucrats running this country right now. The reason they want Biden on the ticket is because if he wins, they get to be president for four more years and keep with this radical transformation of our country. Okay, that's what's going on. Joe Biden, who is not a radical as a senator, as a congressman, as a vice president, he was not a radical. Okay, but he is going to go down up until this point as the most radical liberal president we've ever had. And it's not because these are be- his beliefs. It's just the guy has no, he's not moored to anything. The guy will say anything. A guy who once eulogized a Klansman named Robert Byrd wants you to believe that he's the champion of black voters.
3: Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? A guy who was famously
2: cut down on a debate stage by Kamala Harris, who's now his VP. Kamala Harris called Joe Biden out for the time he spent in the 70s fighting integrated school busing. Biden didn't want his white kids going to school with black kids, so he fought integrated school busing. Kamala Harris, to her credit, called him out on it. Then he called the next day and was like, how'd you like to be the VP? And she's like, I'll be there in an hour.
3: She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. Okay, so understand,
2: Okay, I want the country to do well. It's being run by clowns right now. You could give me any of these Republicans, I'd be thrilled. I mean, Chris Christie couldn't have ever won, but he would have been a decent president. Anybody who gets out there and is an America first president, okay, is what we need right now. It's all we need. We have all the resources, liquid gold, the oil under your feet, liquid gold. If we boost domestic energy production, become a net exporter, you know what that does? It takes the money away from the bad guys. Putin can only invade Ukraine because he's got money, more money than God right now, okay, because of our domestic energy production. Okay, we kill the Keystone Energy Pipeline. We signal to the world that we're going to be importing oil from third world dictatorships like Venezuela, which, oh, by the way, creates more pollution because they burn it 42 percent filthier than we do. And then it takes additional fuel just to get it back into our country. Guys, that's stupid. It's not better for the environment. It's actually worse. But it gives them the right to say, to say that they care about the environment. Ah, we care about the environment. So we're going to cause more pollution. What a fraud. It's amazing. It's the dumbest thing you ever heard. But that's what we're dealing with. Okay. When you look at our domestic energy policy, Iran had $4 billion in oil reserves when Trump left office. They're now sitting on $71 billion in oil reserves. Iran is who funds Hamas, Iran is who funds Hezbollah. Okay. Do you understand they're rich because of our domestic energy policy? That's crazy. You talk about the border. You talk about everything else. So any Republican that gets in there and just goes, hey, hey, ho, hey, Uh, all of the stuff we do as America, we support our allies, boom, good, fine. Okay, but we support America first. Anyone who gets into office and takes that approach, okay, anyone, anyone has my vote, literally anyone. Okay, you get into office, and every day when they hand you the daily briefing, every day, all right, sir, well, Mr. President, uh, Madam President, or they President, I don't care. I care what your pronouns are. You can be a trans president. Fine. Okay, just be a good president. We don't care. We just need a good president. And the only thing you need to do to be a good president in this day and age is they give you a briefing every morning and you go, okay, what's the best option for America? Not what's the best option Okay, for the environment, not the best option, for the LGBTQ+, plus, that's fine. They should be included. They should be considered. But what is the best option for America? What is the best option? Best for our bottom line, best for our national security. What's the best? Because that's it. That's the only thing you have to do. Once you get into all these other ideological battles, you start fighting the wrong ones. And that's why we're going in the direction we are. Think about this, guys. 76% of voters think the country is headed in the wrong direction. Okay, if you're an Uber driver and 76% of your passengers say you took them the wrong way, here's a newsflash, you're not a good Uber driver. You're not. It's just reality. Okay, the Uber driver right now ain't good. So I don't like that DeSantis is going to take the beating he's about to take because they're going to pile on him because he picked a culture war against Disney. And this very well could be a Reagan moment for him. Okay, when Reagan lost the nomination... Okay, the first time he ran for the presidency, he gave a convention speech where everybody was like, God, this guy's great. The hell didn't we have him in there? We love this guy. Now, is that to say that Ron DeSantis has Ronald Reagan's charisma? God, nobody does. Okay, Trump has a lot of charisma, I'll give him credit. But Reagan was Reagan. He just had a gravitas that Trump can't have because he's such a Vulgarian lunatic. Trump is funny. Trump's a good president in the sense that he puts America first, so don't think I'm shelling him short on any level. And he might be this generation's Reagan in terms of being a bit of a character and being funny, because he's funny. That's why they have such a hard time covering him comedically, because he's funnier than they are. He is, straight up. But Reagan is Reagan. Reagan's the best thing we have, just the best. But you understand Reagan had the moment of, you know, went from a California governor, as a Republican, by the way, think of how much the world has changed. And had to give that convention floor speech where we were like, wow, this is, this is the dude. And of course, you know, Carter went on to win. <laughs> and, uh, you know, 80 came around. Reagan got back in the ring with Carter and uh, was very much, you know, Frazier Foreman. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! But it was Carter, affable peanut farmer that he was, you know, in that particular election. Got his ass handed to him by Reagan. I mean, not on a Mondale level, but he got beat up pretty bad. Okay, we need a Reagan right now. And all Reagan did was stand up for limited government. Get the government the hell out of our lives. We're America. It's a capitalist system. People want to go to work. We're hardworking people. We're farmers. We're cops. We're firemen. We're soldiers. You know, we're construction workers. We're gritty people. Okay, we're willing to go out there and get our hands dirty. That's why we beat the Brits. British Empire was the biggest thing on the planet at the time. But they didn't fight anybody like us, you know. America's like Levittown, where I grew up. Like you got in a fight in Levittown at a keg party, you know, the kids could punch lefty. You know, that's not common in street fights. You Usually have one hand, but people fought so much in Levittown. Like if you got in a keg party, in Le- a keg party fight in Levittown, a girl was throwing combinations at you. Not like pulling your hair, like tactically fighting you, like it was Roberto Duran, because we all got beat by our parents because we were all raised by military parents or cops or firemen. But guess what? We all turned out to be good people who know consequence, who live a life with a greater good in mind because we were raised to buy into that sort of thing. We don't have it anymore. Now we're being told you're living your truth. You're loving your truth. You just do what's true to you. Your feelings can't be wrong. And now we don't have a country. We have 330 million individuals who think they're more important than everybody
3: else.
1: Everybody in this country thinks they are special. Nobody wants to be part of a team.
2: That's the problem. Okay, and the reason we've adapted that mindset is because it makes them more likely to vote for big government.
3: Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem.
1: You're listening to the best dad on the radio.
3: Can't believe you forgot my birthday.
1: You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Back from commercial. The lights on the microphone. Engineers telling me to shut up and talk. Or say, say, go. We just got in my ears. Go. But I'm not going. I'm taking a stand. I got something to say, Justin. It's on my mind. Sometimes I let the beat rock. You know, it's kind of lighten the mood a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And that's just a fancy way of me lecturing you to get out of the fact that I'm finishing a text to my mom right now. As we come back from break. Uh, anyway, it is Fox Across America. Kevin Walling's coming up. Uh, I will text my mom during the next break. <laughs> Too funny. But uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on over here at Club Phil. A lot of moving parts right now. And uh, I will tell you this Kevin Walling, who is going to be, he's going to be on my TV show this weekend. We booked Walling. We booked a Democrat on the second episode. That's stupid. Use your common sense. No, it's not. The show, if you saw it, and I'm tired of talking to you about it because I'm sure some of you are tired of listening to it. Okay. But the show is this show. It's just this show on TV. Anybody can come hang out. We don't care. We're not supposed to care. We're not supposed to be this mad. I hate that people are like, oh, I don't talk to my aunt anymore. She's a liberal. Or I don't talk to my brother. He's a conservative. Dude, we're not supposed to be doing this. I promise you it's stupid. It's so stupid. And it's only stupid because you're ostracizing people you care about on behalf of politicians who don't care about you. I think he's got a point. That's the that is the point. They don't care. Do you remember the running joke when we were growing up? Like, I'm a Republican, he's a Democrat. But deep down, we know these people are all in it for themselves. That hasn't changed. Do you understand? But we've changed. Now we're like, hey, screw you. I'm with these people who are only in it for themselves. Like, what are you talking about? Are you a maniac? I'm with these people that are only in it for themselves. And in the end, we all get screwed. That's what politics is now. That's what's going on right now. It's so it's so stupid. I can't be a part of that. I just can't. It's not, I don't have it in me. I can't. Like, it might pay better. I might be a bigger name. But I wouldn't want to have to do it. You're just living a, a life of deceit and division, and it's gross. So you're going to hear liberals on the show. You're going to get over it. Or you're going to change the station. What do you want me to do? It's conservative talk radio. There's always an angry guy a click away. I go to commercial, change the station. (laughs) Anywhere you go. Go up, go down. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore.
1: It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: Boom! There it is. They're playing Michael Jackson. That is a high honor. No, it is. You know, you have to separate the art from the artist. It's phenomenal music. Uh, Joining me now, a phenomenal person. He is going to be the first liberal to appear on Fox News Saturday night. Kevin Walling is here. Hey, man. This is a big deal. It's a a huge deal.
5: We're doing the show from Neverland Ranch. (laughs) Uh, We're we're going to California this weekend. It's me, Walling, (laughs) and Bubbles the Chimp. Do you want to know a story? Hand hand check. You got to keep those hands
2: out. (laughs) Bubbles the Chimp. Do you know the story? Uh, This was explained to me. Uh, by an animal handler. So when Michael Jackson, obviously, he Michael Jackson ran into a little trouble. If you're he's totally false. No, he did. He, uh, you know.
5: I love a, that you have that right at the <laughs> two. Right well,
2: you know, Michael Jackson. Okay, we're not gonna p- we're not gonna pick on the chimp though, and you know why, right? It's it's people with a dirty mind that think like that. You don't pick on the chimp. Bubbles did nothing wrong. But apparently, when uh, Michael, you know, had his little dalliance uh, with delinquency, uh, Bubbles the chimp wound up somewhere else at like a retreat in Florida. Bubbles is like 38, but apparently in a bad mood. Oh, and I they say it. like bubbles like yells at people that come by the sanctuary. It's, I want to meet this chimp. I think it's a great story.
5: Probably chain smoking down in Boca <laughs> or
2: something like that. <laughs> Do you remember that viral video? There was a there was a zoo on the other side of the world where it was like a chimp chain smoking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's one of my favorite videos ever. Oh, wow. Don't
5: get don't come after us, pedo. We support you Yeah, know, yeah. We I, don't, I don't want I get angry emails sometimes when I bring up animals.
2: No, my chimp is on the patch right now. <laughs> I got mine in my backyard it's doing the and on Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the law. Slimming down. You want to work in T V. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I resent this, okay. So I didn't know Zempic my my way out of my mess, not that I'm out of it, but the point is I do uh I eat a lot of high I eat a lot of lean protein and I just yeah. minimize the white flour and the sugar. And that's what Jillian Michaels told me during my on air intervention
5: last Saturday. I watched that. Okay. Oh so she there was you go. Great. She
2: was good, right? Have a you been to cracker. the gym
5: yet though? Well the, not. not this one. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've admitted right. this one. It's it's you know, I can't go. I am taking selfies. I wanna work out. Yeah. You know. But no, I kid. Kevin Wallington studio. Look at me finding another excuse not to go. Nah, the selfies walling. <laughs> I can guy like me, I just in the locker a, room. A, room. I love a good <laughs> I love a good selfie in the locker room. Do you ever it's locker room talk? <laughs> Do you remember when Trump said that about the Access Hollywood tape? What I found so funny, because he had to come up with a phrase. To he kinda, had to. He had but, to deflect. But uh, we've all hung out in a lot of locker rooms in our day, okay? Youth, sports, school, anything in between, okay? I've never heard that phrase. <laughs> Me neither. But it, Graham, it worked. Grab her by the hoo-ha. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, It's listen, he's often, he's often running. And uh, to that point, a big win in Iowa. When you assess the Republican field right now— uh, Absent Nikki Haley doing something in New Hampshire, I feel like it's a Yogi Berra. It gets laid early around here. That's the conventional wisdom. Do you see any other angle? Yeah, it's deja vu all over again. Hey, hey there you got Double hey, yogi. yogi. You got a
5: double Yogi. That's if why you book Wally. Take a shot. Um, yeah, I mean... Listen, uh, I think it's already in the bag. Sadly, it's, it right, would seem it. I like the process to play out. I would right? like I would I, like I, a contested like primary.
2: Like I'd like a super Tuesday. Yeah. And I think it'd be good for the party. This is where it is bad for the party. If it ends tomorrow, okay, it's now just the general election.
5: And it's exhausting, and it's right? uh, so, yes, to have it start this early. No the two absolutely. guys that we saw last summer. Think
2: about this, okay? It's January. He'll accept the nomination in July. So February, yeah. March, April, May, June. By the way, if they are pulling Biden off the ticket, I know you say they're not, and that's fine. But if, you, if one was going to, okay, the genius move, you do do it in June. You let Trump run in the general election for five months. Everybody's sick of the matchup. You change the matchup. The Republicans can't do that. So it's almost a disadvantage. Like, the Republicans
5: need Haley to win New Hampshire.
2: Yeah, I mean— They that, almost yeah. do.
5: To, to keep it exciting, right? yeah, it's already baked in.
2: Yeah, it's nuts. And, uh, and so, what are you reading to this? As a guy who's worked on campaigns, okay, DeSantis skips New Hampshire, goes down to South Carolina. The can the Super PAC promises they're paying till the end of January. That doesn't sound... It doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good. In the movie The Naked Gun, they're (laughs) like, uh, yeah, he's over at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Yeah.
5: (laughs) Good Lord. Strap some sunglasses on him. Poor Nordberg. Bernie down there. Yeah, it's not... Bernie's down there It's not looking
2: good. And that's... I want to talk to you about that specifically. We cover the Democrats a lot, but I wanted to cover the Republicans. I think that in some instances... Especially in this day and age, strategists are almost a detriment from the stand for, for a guy Ooh. like DeSantis. I know Ooh. you don't want to hear that, well, but I this mean is my money. I know, but yeah. I want it from after my purse here. For DeSantis, the reason I'm saying this is, I don't know if it was his call or their call. This is what I want you to answer to. When he rolled out his campaign on Twitter Spaces and it's crashed spectacularly, in my head, I didn't say he's finished. I didn't say it's over, but I said this speaks to someone having very bad political instincts to launch the biggest moment of your political career in an unproven medium. What percentage do you think was consultants? What percentage of that do you think was him? Because I know he was very heavily invested in the culture
5: wars personally at that
2: point. Yeah. So do you think it was him, or do you think it was consultants?
5: So I think it's part bad advice, and I think— Every indication is is that he and his wife are so insular yeah. down in Tallahassee. Like mm-hmm. they have a small group advi- of advisors. I don't think it, like it's reported he doesn't even really text. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if he's worried about subpoenas or FOIs yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But I don't think they have a really good sounding board. Okay. And someone came up with the idea. Maybe it was him. Mm-hmm. And they said let's roll with it. Yeah. And to your point, it wasn't tested in the past. Right. It was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And you know it took a few weeks to come out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being the narrative. Of of how this campaign started. I think one of the big mistakes of the DeSantis campaign uh, was waiting those four or five months during the session, yeah, right, to announce. Yeah. And he opened himself up to... Months of attacks, Ron De Santamonius, yeah. by Donald Trump. Meatball Ron. Yeah, I mean his <laughs> De <De-sanctimonious poll, laughs> best poll numbers were last January I when think he was neck that. and neck,
2: and he didn't get in.
5: And he didn't get in.
2: That's amazing. Who do you think? Wasted time. That would seem like his call because he had a super majority in the legislature and he wanted to, you know, pass a few more laws. Yeah. But I even think that's a bad call because at that point, once you're in the presidential ring.
5: You're in. And you You're just, not able to defend yourself. Yeah. Right. He went to. Remember, he went to like Japan. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that great. The optics yeah. of it and stuff like that. Wow. I think if, if I'm advising the DeSantis campaign, I'm saying, okay, you got South Carolina. Everyone's not really paying attention to Nevada. Yeah. Right. You you won huge numbers in the Hispanic community. Yeah. Right in Florida, the reelect for Ron DeSantis was insane. Yeah, yeah. It was big. Then he flipped you know, Miami-Dade, yeah, Palm Wind Beach Day. County, yeah. Broward. Uh, go there, decamp there, mm-hmm. right? Play at the. Because he's Hispanic not going to win South Carolina. He's not going to win South Carolina. Trump is going to win South Carolina most likely. Yeah. Um. Even with Nikki Haley coming from there, she's running a strong campaign. Mm-hmm. But it's just you know it's tough. Yep. Right to break through, and no one's in Nevada. Go there, yep. and that's just a week after. Yeah. South Carolina.
2: But I guess he has it in his head that. Maybe he already knows he's leaving after South Carolina. Yeah. Because it's weird because it's not a forward vision when you hear the PAC land people off. I mean, this has
5: got to be like it's – it's a salvage operation, yeah. right? And sadly for him, I mean, his numbers are down in Florida, right? Yeah. He's losing Florida right now yeah. to, to uh, former President Trump. And again, that resounding victory was like twenty points yeah. over Charlie Chris.
2: I mean, he won re-election. I mean, go, it was a secretary. It was scary, away, right? It's scary to me
5: as a Democrat. Yeah, the counties that he flipped, the populations that he flipped, uh, his coattails in the state. Like I was like, good lord.
2: I would have told you after the midterms, like the next day, I thought he was actually going to be the nominee, just because people were going to recognize how much uh, of a weakness Trump is down ballot.
5: hundred percent. Trump
2: is, you know, people don't like to hear this in the Republican Party. They get crushed down ballot when he runs. Yeah. So I thought based on the fact that they underachieved in the midterms and that DeSantis overachieved to the extent that he did, I was, he's actually going to be a pretty good fight. It was no fight. Yeah, like he, I exactly mean, he right. got his ass handed to him. We're talking to Kevin Walling. Uh, you know what I always laugh at in politics? He's uh, like, Nikki Haley, uh, Trump wins 99 counties out of 100.
5: Nikki Haley and, wins and only lost that one county yeah. by like a one vote, vote or two. She, right? Nikki yeah. Haley
2: wins one count county by one vote, but now to be clear, loses by five points to DeSantis in the state. Yeah, and actually gets up to the microphone and goes, "The people have sent a loud message that this is a two horse race." Yeah, like, that was God, kind love of a bizarre.
5: That was kind of a bizarre. I mean, the funny, th- I mean, the, the wild thing for Republicans, and it's kind of scary, is that you know, obviously, Iowa is having this outside impact mm-hmm. on. But Vick dropped out. Mm-hmm. Asa Hutchinson dropped out. Uh, the field is coalescing. Only about 100,000 Republicans turned they out. They didn't turn out. Right?
2: It's weird because Hemmer was saying um, on the TV that morning that they were expecting between 165 and 200,000. So that's really yeah. low. He's and up,
5: last cycle like, was 184, 86? Uh-huh. I mean, Bill's the expert now, on all that. Yeah.
2: Now it was negative negative forty-five. Sure. I also think there's this element of, I guess maybe they all believe Trump was going to win. I don't really think it's attributable to a lack of passion, but it's attributable to something. And something. whatever that something is, isn't good for the party.
5: It's not good for, I mean, when only 15%, and, and I wouldn't take this seriously, just like New Hampshire folks do, that when only 15% of eligible Republican caucus goers turn out, yeah. I think maybe the weather's a factor, but they're used to this. Yeah. I mean, they're used to the, extre- the extremities mm-hmm. of it. Um, that's an enthusiasm problem that I'm seeing that gives me. You know, some pause on the Democratic side that, okay— you know, this is this could be interesting.
2: Um, what do you make of the fact that Kamala is everywhere? Is she the face of the campaign? Is that the plan they're going to run?
5: Yeah, I think partly she is, right? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before. I think, you know, 2024 is going to be a base turnout election, right? Mm. It's not going to be a persuasion election. Mm. You know, we talk all the time. P- either you love Biden or you don't. Either you love Trump or you don't. Mm. And those, those are the two factors, right? Mm. So we've got to, both sides have to gin up their base and yeah. turn the, their folks out. And the vice president is a great conduit. For base engagement, you yeah. know, and I think she gave a pretty good interview on The View. She's been crisscrossing the country. She's on these college campuses. That's going to be what Democrats need come November, right? Because <laughs> the top of the ticket might not be as exciting, right? You know, <laughs> you know, speaking as a Biden guy, Burning right? a, yeah. you had a lot of people motivated to vote. The highest turnout that we've seen in 100 years in 2020 And it was more, I think, of a reflection of Donald Trump. Either you're enthusiastic to vote against him or to vote for him. There's a
2: big anti-Trump vote. You know what's amazing? The anti-Trump vote out in the general is as big as the anti-Haley vote in the Republican Party. Conservative influencers on Twitter hate her so much, and they don't understand— that she's very viable in the general
5: in ways they can't fathom. She's who uh, I'm most scared of yeah, as a democrat. She's I the mean, one you wouldn't want to run against. She would I mean, she's got a a strong answer on on abortion, mm-hmm. which is the key kind of thing that we saw coming in the midterm elections. She's a woman that appeals to other women, to the suburbs. Um you know she's got executive experience international experience she's poised I, I mean i like you know as a democrat i like her a great deal that's her problem i, know. I think is that like <laughs> like you know i like nikki haley uh, so uh, you know run that in the general <laughs> yeah. if, if you're the nominee yeah. uh, governor haley don't run it in the primary i mean that's that's part of her problem I yeah think.
2: well i think right wing social media is her biggest challenge because it runs on anger yeah and they've fed them terms like neocon and globalist and everybody feels so good saying it yeah look like, i Hater, and they have to because if you're like a right wing influencer, if social media is where you make your living. You have to deal in extremes. You you run on clicks. And the only way you get to the top of Mount Clickmore is if you're just hurling boulders at everybody. Or or if you're showing your feet off. Yeah, well, the feet thing. I got to tell you, man, the don't sleep on the feet thing. The money I've made (laughs) off Jenny's feet, and they're not even her feet, they're my feet. I use her picture, obviously, her profile shot. But I give her, she gets her 10%. I'm not going to screw her over. Uh, We're talking to Kevin Walling. Just like a good caddy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Kevin Walling's in studio. We're having all kinds of fun. So Saturday night, it's episode two. I cannot wait. So let me give you some background into what's going down, because the audience doesn't know this. Jordan Belford will be on. He's the Wolf of Wall Street. So if you guys saw the Leonardo DiCaprio film, it's about Jordan, and he's going to be there playing a game with Kevin and I. I was uh, told we were getting Leo. Is that that's the only reason why <laughs> I signed li- on? As a gay man, you were lied to. Yeah. That's funny. Save that for the show because it's funny. I'll <laughs> laugh at that twice because it, that's really funny. <laughs> that's the only reason why I signed up. <laughs> oh, that's great. Come All on. on. Hold on to that one. Uh, Battle and Bill Hummer will be in the house. He's our off oh, the meter guest this week. So off the meter is a segment where we just take. We did it with Perino last week. We just take a big fox name and ask them everything but fox. Yeah, you know we talk about other things in life and stuff. And Dana told us her, her teenage crush was Rob Lowe. At which point everyone on the panel blurted out, including myself and Dave Landau, me too. <laughs> like,
5: still oh, Rob still. Lowe, Hubba Hubba. He is uh,
2: Benjamin Button. He's aging in <laughs> reverse. <laughs> he is looks he like, ever. Yeah. So uh, you'll see a little bit of that. John Taffer from Bar Rescue uh, going to make a cameo. That's all that you got. You're getting
5: A-listers. No, no no, Matt, this around. is a great dude, we're a great taking lineup over for
2: Saturday because the thing is people recognize and this is I consider the the early success of this show. The fact that the show even exists. I consider this a lot of validation into what you and I have been doing for the last 3 years, which is people don't want to be mad when they talk about politics. No. They just don't want to be mad, period. And I think the anger model isn't working and I think honestly as political parties the party that probably decides, determines the balance of power is going to be whoever's probably having the best time next September, October, and November. Yeah. Because you can't out-yell the other guy at this point.
5: Well, I mean, that, I mean, that's always the case, right, where people are asked, you know, who, who do you want to get a beer with? Right? Yeah. And it was not Al Gore. It was yeah, George yeah. W. Bush, right? Yeah. Who do you want to be neighbors with? Like, I think that's a factor. And, and you have given me a platform over these— Last three plus years, we've never screamed at each other. We've had a great dialogue. No, we we get which I love, which is why I keep coming back. Oh wow! And why you've got a great following too?
2: A a, a stray cat, we fed him once. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) By the way, on the gore thing, okay. He should be. It's even more of an indictment of Al Gore that he couldn't win the who do you want to have a beer with poll because Bush got a DUI in 1974. <laughs> do you know how hard it was to get a DUI in 1974?
5: You had you to go out of your way. Dude,
2: you could hit a nativity <laughs> set yeah. and the priest would like pull, put you take the back roads. Get out of here. <laughs> He you couldn't, you couldn't get one. It was impossible. <laughs> so you'd think of anything. I just want to play it safe and have the beer with yeah. Gore. But no,
5: no. And that, and that make-out session that we all saw. Remember oh, when with, tipper, with gore? tipper? He grabbed her ass, too, didn't he? I think so. There was a lot of <laughs> it was second base right there that at was, the convention. That was just the
1: Tipper. Yeah, oh, good night, everybody.
2: Tipper. Kevin Amen. Wallen.
1: I'll see you on the TV. Can't wait. A show so good, people don't know what to think. This feels weird. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's It's fun though, isn't it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaler.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaler, your radio buddy. I will also be your TV buddy tonight on Waters World with Jesse Waters. In the 8 p.m. hour. Tomorrow I'm on Hannity. I got bumped tonight from Hannity for frickin' Donald Trump. I mean, do you even believe that? That's
3: not right.
2: Whatever. Trump and Hannity going at it for an hour. It's a 9 p.m. exclusive. So now I'm their opening act. You're welcome for the ratings, guys. You know, Jesse refers to me on set as the ratings fairy. Do you know why he calls me the ratings fairy? Because I call myself the ratings fairy. That's such an idiot. It's a running joke. The best the best thing, the best thing about doing TV at Fox News is obviously we love being on TV and talking to the American people. And it's hilarious. We meet you guys all at meet and greets and book signings and everything in between. But the actual best thing is like there's a minute before you go back live on the air where you're just sitting there in studio gossiping or telling each other dirty jokes or doing God knows what. And it's like a running joke here that we always try to crack the host up in a way that makes it impossible for them to come back from break without, like, laughing into the camera. It's very unprofessional, but it's fun. It's what we do. We're having fun. Because the whole point of being alive is to have fun. There's too much misery in our politics. That's why we bring on Kevin Walling. Yeah, he's a liberal. Funny what he said, though, as a liberal. The guy he fears the most, the guy he fears the most is a girl by the name of Nikki Haley. Okay, they don't want to run against Nikki Haley. Now, the good news for them is they're probably not going to have to. But she is for the general election. If the Republicans just like if all we wanted in life, we just want to win back the White House. Screw We can't have the Democrats in charge anymore. You would nominate Nikki Haley yesterday and you'd actually win the White House. Because in the general, the key issues that drive turnout on the Democratic side are the issues Nikki Haley positions the best on. But you've heard all these terms like she's an elite. She's a neocon. She's a globalist. She doesn't have any record of being any of those things, but they are trendy terms thrown around on Twitter to make angry people feel like they're doing the right thing. Uh, the truth is Trump's probably going to be the nominee as things are presently constituted, barring some type of monumental upset in New Hampshire that I don't see coming. Okay, then from there, that's where the Republicans have a problem. They needed this to be a closer election. You can tell me you want Trump to win. That's fine. I'm fine with him winning. I don't care. I don't owe these people anything. But Trump being the nominee as of this Tuesday means we're six months out from the conventions, okay? Which means that's six months for the electorate to get sick of the guy before the Democrats announce their nominee in July, a nominee who is not going to be named Joe Biden. I agree with that. I don't know that he does, uh, but it certainly would seem that way when you hear his surrogates bashing Biden in the media every day. Come on, man. They are not coming on, but we are going to battle on to the next hour. Diamond Dave Landau's coming by. Let's go.
1: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, buckle up, buttercup.
2: It sure is. And we got a big hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon coming your way. We're going to talk about, of all things, in this moment, the new Patriots head coach, Jared Mayo, replacing the most successful NFL coach of all time, Bill Belichick, and in the process giving us a lecture about racism. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. I mean, technically speaking, it is. It's a guy with no head coaching experience whatsoever, and you're now replacing the winningest Super Bowl coach of all time. If we're a racist country, you probably don't have the job. I think he's got a part. The point is, the world is ridiculous, and we will cartoon it fully. In this hour with Diamond Dave Landau, comedy bad girl who makes a triumphant return to this show after carrying last week's debut episode of Fox News Saturday night to number one in the ratings. How about it? it? We're not messing around over here. And if you're listening to this arrogance out of the gate and you think, like, this is how I roll, No. We're not this arrogant. We don't actually know what we're doing uh, other than the fact that we're having a good time and there seems to be a little bit of market for it because I don't know if you got heard, folks, but the world is on fire right now. And we need more jackasses like me that'll pick up a stick and roast a marshmallow with you.
4: That's true. That is true.
2: Which brings me to Jared Mayo. Man, oh boy, oh man, what a dopey comment by him. Now, to be clear, the guy had a lot to say. But the reason I... And leading the hour, okay, with this, with all the things going on in the world, is there's this bad habit we've gotten into as a society. And in truth, it's not so much a habit so much as it is a strategy on behalf of the Democratic Party. But we're constantly doing this thing now where we use symbols of progress as symbols of oppression. Okay, and what I mean by that, and you can trace this all the way back because it happened with Barack Obama. Barack Obama, when he was inaugurated as the first black president, I was a cab driver that day, okay? And at about, I guess it's 105 in the afternoon when they begin the inaugural address, I happened to be on the taxi stand at Madison Square Garden, and it was on the radio. I pulled over, okay, threw out my off-duty and wanted to fully comprehend the words of our first black president. Because regardless of what I thought of the guy, I didn't vote for him, okay, I still honestly was like, wow, this is a moment. This is an actual moment where we are about to recognize some major progress on race. <laughs> Except we didn't do that. They used the entire Obama presidency. Okay, as a political wedge. Every time he advanced a policy that was stupid, that was a radical expansion of the government that conservatives would never support in any lifetime, the response was always, well, gee, what's so different about this president that they just won't work with him? Democrats are so full of crap. Oh, totally. Okay, but that's what they did. That Oh, I wonder what it is about him. Hmm. You know, when you look at all the presidents, this what, what jumps out at me is being a little different about this guy. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Totally, because he couldn't have been elected without overwhelming support from white people. So Barack Obama's presidency didn't mean the end of racism, but it damn well meant that we were so far past race as a society that a guy could get the highest office in the land with no record whatsoever to speak on.
1: I don't see you doing any better in the booty department.
2: Okay, if you listen to conservative radio the, ten, the last 10 years, you know this by heart. The amount of times you've heard a host say, he voted president in the Senate 216 times. The point is, he was a guy who was a junior senator. He was not a guy with any record. He was not a guy with any significant legislation. But what you understand is if that guy can galvanize the electorate and turn the presidency into a brand, which is what he did, hey, it's cool to vote for this guy. That's how he got elected. And the idea that he was able in this country to ascend to the highest of heights meant we had made a serious amount of progress.
0: He's a lousy dad, but he's right.
2: So in that moment, I pulled over my cab because I was like, wow, this is actual history. This is a tangible moment for our country where we take a pronounced step forward. Sadly, to my regret, and I really was let down by the Obama presidency, he used every inch of it to divide us on race, every inch of it. And the Democrats weaponized that race just the same to demonize anybody who didn't support policies that were downright destructive for the country. Okay, understand Barack Obama gave $50 billion in cash assets to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Now, again, I know it was done because he was trying to get Iran not to enrich uranium and create a nuclear bomb, but did they actually adhere to the terms of the deal? The answer would be no. They wouldn't even let the inspectors check out the site. So you understand Iran, which subsidizes the attacks on our assets and allies in the Middle East through proxies like Hamas and Hezbollah, Iran got $50 billion. And the media cheered it on because Barack Obama was historic and he was cool and they liked him. So they never called him out on anything because they didn't want to lose access. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. The Affordable Care Act is an abomination. Okay, it's an abomination. It drew, drove up healthcare premiums over 300%. Does that make care more affordable? The answer would be no. No. Okay, if you were getting subsidized health care from the government and you need it, I'm happy you have it. Okay, but we haven't done anything to tackle the soaring cost of health care because we keep passing bills that don't address the problem. They just pass the bill off to other people. Student loan forgiveness is a good example. The reason we have so many kids in college debt is because they're taking out massive loans and they can't get jobs to pay them off. Okay, when you go out there and say, well, that sucks for them. It's not fair. So we're going to let the taxpayer who didn't take out the loan pay it off. Okay, which is, by the way, even less fair. But in the process of doing so, it gives the college a license to charge whatever the hell they want, because if they know the government's just going to pick up these loans, they have no incentives to lower costs. And that's what happened to healthcare. By mandating that young people buy health care, whether they wanted it or not, Obama gave the healthcare companies a license to jack the rates to the moon.
4: What an idiot.
2: OK, but he was never called out on the disastrous presidency that he had. Instead, they just used it as an exercise in labeling anyone who criticized him or disagreed with him a racist, okay? It really is a person who cares about the country. I grew up in the 80s, okay? I'm wearing a NASA jacket right now, okay? I grew up cheering for this country. I, you know, Levittown's the biggest post-World War II settlement for American GIs returning home from the war. I grew up around a lot of patriotic people. I grew up around a lot of old men you should never make a sudden move around. Oh, God, you get punched right in the head. But the point is, as somebody who roots for the country, I really was like on a personal level. It's not a political statement. On a personal level, Barack Obama's presidency was just so disappointing.
1: Correct the mundo.
2: Okay, and the fact that they're still out there on Netflix producing Whitey's bad movies and making all kinds of money by pretending black people are under attack in this country is the type of mindset that influences a guy like Jared Mayo. So here's the Jared Mayo story. Okay, it's a very good NFL linebacker who was a coach for the past four years with the Patriots, not a head coach, has no head coaching experience. Okay, and he was chosen to succeed Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick has six Super Bowl rings, okay, more than anyone else in history. So you understand getting this opportunity as a guy with no head coaching experience whatsoever, okay, already speaks to a reality. That as a black man, okay, you are not being denied. You are being afforded an opportunity, okay, the likes of which are unparalleled in coaching. You're replacing Bill Belichick. If the NFL was founded 20 years ago, we wouldn't be giving out a Lombardi trophy at the end of the Super Bowl. We'd be giving out a Bill Belichick trophy.
4: He knows what he's talking about. Okay,
2: Bill Belichick won more Super Bowls than Vince Lombardi by a wide margin. But you understand Jared Mayo getting the job. You know, he's talking about the team and the culture and gets right into it on race. And I understand, OK, people have different experiences in this country. OK, but the bottom line is this is a missed opportunity. I'm not mad at the guy. I'm not trying to get you worked up. I'm just tired of this mindset in our country where we're taking a day of, of, of symbolic progress, pro- progress, to say it in English, and we're using it to remind each other about how racist society is. I'm telling you it's dumb. Clip 49.
0: I do see color because I believe if you don't see color you can't see racism. And whatever whatever
3: happens black, white, disabled person. I've always even someone with disabilities, I
0: always uh you know for the most part people are like, you know, don't, you know, when they're young, they they kind of make the spot hot. Younger people know what that means. But what I would say is Like, no, I want you to be able to go up to those people and really understand those people. So it goes
2: back to whatever it is, black, white, yellow, it really doesn't matter. But it does matter so we can try to fix a problem that we all know we have.
4: You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true?
2: Guys, we don't all have a problem with racism. Okay, we don't all have that. This is the most tolerant and inclusive society on the planet. There is nowhere in polite society you can hold on to your job if you're a racist, okay? If you go out as a FedEx delivery guy and mouth off to somebody and use a racial expletive, someone is doxing you on social media within 20 minutes. You're getting fired within 30, okay? And that's not a bad thing, okay, because there's no place in society for racism. I'm not out here co-signing a bill that would provide us with more (laughs) racism, I'd love to co-sign a bill called Move On Already. Okay, we are a country that was founded at a time of institutionalized slavery, but we fought a war to end it. Over a half a million people died because our our country's moral compass was against slavery. Okay, we are a country that in a post-Civil War world was still holding back and oppressing black people and denying them a lot of rights because Southern Democrats, also known as the Dixiecrats, stood in the way of societal integration. But again, we fought and protested and got arrested and in some instances got killed during a civil rights movement that led us to where we are today, which is an America where a black man with no record of governance whatsoever can be in charge. Okay, a black man like Jared Mayo in a league that's 76% black, by the way. So I don't know that the NFL has a leg to stand on when it comes to racism. You couldn't be a $9 billion entity if you didn't have a lot of acceptance of your race if you're 76% black. Okay, and you can tell me there aren't enough black coaches in the league, and that's fine. Okay, but this idea that you have to see color because that's how you see racism is such a stupid statement. because in order for it to be true, that would mean you can spot who the racists are just by looking at them, which by definition is the very definition of racism. I think he's got a point. Uh, those guys, here's a generalization about all of them. I can tell just by the color of their skin. These guys, you know, and that's what he's doing. What he's ultimately speaking to there is the branding exercise that has become social justice. The people latching onto it in pro sports, the people latching onto it in entertainment, Okay, they don't know what they're talking about. Jared Mayo doesn't know who he's talking about. It doesn't mean he hasn't had different experiences than I have. But the point is, if we are a racist society, if we're struggling with this issue, okay, he doesn't have the job he has today. Okay, I'm not mad. I'm not trying to get you worked up. I'm just trying to remind anybody who happens to be listening that America is not a perfect country. We know that. But to say this America is a racist country is to overlook 247 years of progress that got us from a country founded at a time of institutionalized slavery to a country that is by any objective measure the most tolerant and inclusive society on the planet, okay? 50 years ago, 60 years ago, we had separate water fountains. Okay, 30 years ago, we had separate school buses, and Joe Biden was fighting to keep it that way.
3: Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black? But
2: the point is no, we're not a racist country anymore. Okay, and no, we're not a perfect country. Okay, but we're never going to get there if we can't acknowledge just how much progress was made to get here. You're
1: absolutely right. It's the show that 9 out of 10 listeners voted the best host on radio. I don't want to say that they were dumb, but they were dumb. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon getting ready for some Diamond Dave Landau. And uh, I will tell you. One thing Diamond Dave does well as a comedian, and this is how comedy works, is he offers you perspective. If you're out there, you're telling jokes on the road, as I'm about to go do in March. Okay, in order for people to laugh, they have to agree with the premise of what you're saying. That's the basic truth that comics distill in order to get by. Like, say you're doing a joke about CVS receipts. Okay, everyone knows CVS has really long receipts. So if you started there, and you can go in any direction you want, but if you started with, yeah, I was at CVS the other day. The receipts are so long, but anyway, and it's not a joke. You're just acknowledging something the room agrees with. That's a jump off, so they can come with you into whatever direction you want to take the conversation. You need that basic level of agreement so everybody's on board, okay? All we're ever trying to do on this show, it's all we're trying to do on the road, is just make these big box common sense points that people agree with So you understand just how much we've overcomplicated our lives, okay? Jared Mayo getting, uh, you know, hired to replace Bill Belichick, the winningest coach of all time, is not a day to lament racism in this country. It's a day to celebrate just how far we've come. When you're right, you're right. and You're right. And that's the thing that drives me crazy. This idea that symbols of progress are being used as symbols of oppression is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Okay? When I go on the road, and I promise you this, Okay, because it's coming. It's coming again in March. We go back to Idaho Falls March 1st. If you're listening on KID, you better be at the Colonial Theater when I go back on the road. Okay, we're on the everybody calm down tour. But I got to be honest, if you're one of those people that's easily triggered, this show is not going to calm you down. Because I have had it. Uh, I get to say what I want on TV. I get to say what I want on the radio. But in a comedy club, as you'd imagine, uh, the bar moves a little bit in terms of language you can use. And uh, I've been behaving very well. We shot my stand-up special, did a bunch of stand-up in December. But I've basically been sitting here the whole month of January on TV and radio. No stand-up. I'm not going on the road. I'm just writing right now. But when I'm writing, I'm really observing the world. And i got to be honest. The world right now, man, Oh, I'm
3: sick and tired of all
2: this bullshit. It's going to be prison rules. <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to get myself canceled. First date of the year, March 1st, Colonial Theater. Yeah, do you hear what happened to Fela? They gave him a TV show in January, blew the whole thing out at Bear World, went on some type of a rant about the border. Yeah, they dragged him right off the stage, had a couple of Fox guys do it. Pretty funny. But uh, Diamond Dave's coming by. To dish his own truth. Why? Because we need it right now. The world is a mess. Okay, one of my favorite clips all week, just to give you an idea of how divisive and stupid people are. Okay, here's John Kerry in Davos, Switzerland, getting yelled at about his carbon footprint, clip 50.
1: What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? You think it's worth it?
6: Peasants pay for your crimes? That's a stupid question. Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions.
2: Oh, John Kerry, everybody. This guy's a serious ass. But he's one of the people dividing you. Well, oh, the climate, you're all going to die unless you reduce your carbon footprint. He said before jumping on a private jet. That reporter confronting him in Davos, you understand, is just confronting him with basic truth. If you say the house is on fire, why aren't you calling the fire department? You're actually passing around cans of gasoline in more matches by jumping on a private jet. And that's the point. We have a lot of jackasses out there that are in positions of
6: power. Bingo. <laughs>
1: It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
2: Oh, girl. we are back in action. Fired up on a Thursday, a triumphant return to the program for our next guest who carried Fox News Saturday night to number one in the ratings in its debut episode, I Am Talking About Comedy Bad Girl Diamond, Dave Landau. Hey, boo. Hey, pookie. Look at us, number one. Number one,
4: Dave Landau. Number one. I'm really happy for you, man. That is incredible.
2: Well, I'd like to think we earned it, except that they advertise this thing pretty much everywhere. Like, it was like, you know, <laughs> I was walking past a triple homicide the other day on the subway. I saw a Fox marketing exec putting a logo for the show on one of the victims. I was like, all right, we're really committed to this thing. Holy hell. I kid. There's <laughs> the
4: one guy just shaking hands with the cops. He's like, hi, from Fox. From Fox. No <laughs> we, got a, we got
2: a show debut in this Saturday night, uh,
4: 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to say, our logo's red a lot like <laughs> what's, what's puddling on the ground there. All right,
2: thanks. All right, good good to meet you, man. Well, tune in. We'll give it a go. At least set your DVR. At least we can do. So uh, yeah. good things. And I, I wanted to uh, issue a formal apology on behalf of the show. Uh, people did obviously feel you were rightfully jobbed out of the yellow jacket. What actually what what actually decides, for everybody on the radio who don't get it, the yellow jacket is a tradition that dates back to my taxi garage. Whoever has the best shift in the garage gets the yellow jacket for the day. It's kind of a joke. And uh, we started giving it out on the TV show. Emily Campagna was basically given the jacket because a lot of perverts in the control room wanted to see her in yellow.
4: I totally understand that. And in Emily's defense, she goes, but Dave should get it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See? She knew. And I- and i was like that's very sweet but i think you deserve it too. i it, i i think she was great and mm-hmm. i am happy and i'll tell you i'm very used to being a bridesmaid it's totally <laughs> fine i i don't mind I, it's I, all good i is a comic you never look to win yeah so, yeah, you never get let down that way.
2: <laughs> it's What's so funny, because when you think of life in terms of contest as a comic, they're all at the beginning of your career. And it's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're having, like, New York's funniest Italian or something. And you show up, and you might even crush, but somebody else who has two jokes but brought 400 audience members wins.
4: And, oh, there's... Uh... <laughs> I remember one time I won a Carnival Cruise comedy competition. Oh, man. I know, I'm bragging. <laughs> and... uh And the second-place prize was a bunch of work all over the country, and the first-place prize was the cruise line. Oh, that's funny. And they came up to me, and they said, look, we think you're way too young. Because I was. I was in my early 20s. Uh Like, you're way too young even though you won. Would you like the second-place prize? And I was like – yeah, that would be the best thing ever. Like, could you please, please give me the second-place prize? Like, like, they thought that they were, like, hurting me. I'm yeah. like, oh, you mean I don't have to work a cruise ship and get fired? <laughs>
2: My favorite stories in the world of the guys getting fired on cruise ships, and the audience might not know this, but they have a lot of strict language regulations. And uh, have you ever heard the story of the guy who said the S-word during his act— and then looked into the and then looked right into the crowd and then said the f word in acknowledgment of the fact that he had said the s word. It's a it's like it's an old wives' tale. Uh, I don't want to I don't want to out the guy. It rhymes with Wally Collins,
4: uh, but no, it's not Wally Collins. <laughs> My friends are just dealing with a lot of the people. Like some of them, I guess, are decent. You know, obviously some mm-hmm. some are. But and I have to say that just so you don't get sued. Um, <laughs> But uh, my friend Matt was working one of the chips and he said, just he, he got fired because he just kind of went off on a guy. It was after a show. He just had a really bad set. And there's a guy in the hallway and he's talking to this lady. He goes, Excuse me, uh, there's no ice cream. And the lady said, Yeah, it's it shut down right now. And he said, I was told there should be ice cream available 24 hours and She said yeah it's just not available because i need to talk to a to the captain and <laughs> and matt just lost his mind he goes he's steering the mfer like he can't <laughs> <laughs> he can't help you with your ice cream right oh now God. like and they're like you can't speak to people like that he's like that's not a person <laughs>
0: Oh, but just like the
4: the entitlement of like, I can't get ice cream. I'm gonna need to speak to the captain, <laughs> the, who you're playing to
2: the the guy who decides whether we live or die on the ship. needs to yes. needs to take a timeout and we need to talk soft serve for a minute.
4: Yeah, because oh, so like that's what happened to the Titanic is because somebody was like telling <laughs> Billy Zane he couldn't have sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're talking to Dive and Dave Landau. And away they went, plowed right into the berg. Did you know, really quick, I did not know this. Larry Amarose, uh did a lot of comedy. He was a writer for Joan Rivers. He actually, you know what? If you watch the HBO Young Comedian specials, he has a Rodney special. He has one of the Rodney Young Comedian specials. And he's, oh, okay, on, yeah. he's, he's on the one with, uh, like, uh, Barry Sobel. Uh, I don't know how cute you were at the start of your career, but if you were cute enough, you might have met Barry. Been offered some help. <laughs>
4: I heard he was happy to assist. He is I very very
2: him. generous to the young male comics is all I'll say. Uh he uh he put the punch in punchlines, did he ever? Okay. Why does this taste like vodka, Mr. Sobel? Who cares? Just take off your shirt. Anyway.
4: This is your big break. <laughs> you wanna work bananas and Poughkeepsie or what, kid? Take it off, you know.
2: Showbiz. So anyway. Uh, he had told me a funny story about how when he first started working on cruise lines with Joan, that she was getting him cruise work and he didn't know this. But I guess in the 80s when there was a little bit less, there were a little less cameras on the ships in the 80s and 90s. Like cruises used to be like um, ground zero for couples killing each other who had life insurance, like literally throwing, picking you up by the ankles and just flinging you over the railing. Had you ever heard that? I had never heard that. It blew me away.
4: I've only seen a few episodes of Forensic Files where that did happen. <laughs> For I, real? I just, yeah, I've seen, a few, I've seen that's it happen amazing. a few times, but that's I didn't amazing. know it was like a trend.
2: Well, what, what I think is so amazing about it is you know there were episodes where a guy, you know, stunned a partner, husband or wife, by the ankles, grabbed them by the ankles, flipped them over the railing, but they grabbed the railing. And now you actually have to have that full-on eye contact, punch their hands off the railing moment. <laughs> that's, that's
4: heavy, man. <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, it, yeah. Now it's no longer an accident. We're like, are you gonna help me? And you're like, oh man, this is this is weird. I'm so glad. <laughs> glad the ring. This is the ring doorbell era. <laughs> are you gonna help me? Oh, like you helped me the last twelve years. <laughs> turns into a bickering fight. Oh, man. You know what? Just let me go. Just let me go. It's better without you.
2: (laughs) Cruise ship comedy. Oh,
4: it's so funny. By the way, let me... Yeah, go ahead. I I imagine if I did a ship, I would open with that fact and then just be fired during the show. (laughs) That's that's so funny. It's good to be here. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. No, just yeah. It's good to be here. How many of you just took out a three million dollar life insurance policy on the person you quote love?
2: <laughs> the old lovers' getaway. That's so funny. so, <laughs> uh, but it's true. It's probably it's it's probably a thing. I mean, it's harder. Obviously, now they probably can't do it. But uh, when Larry told me that story, and he told it in a good Joan Rivers voice, it was pretty funny. Uh, you, That's brilliant. You, you know what he does now, by the way, Larry Amorous legend, one of the coolest guys i ever met. He, um, he has two really funny stories, one of which he famously tells on the Howard Stern show. So Larry got, um, he was on Ar- remember when Arsenio Hall had a talk show? Oh yeah. So Larry was on Arsenio and he was essentially like a booker slash producer. And he had a segment he had to actually got fired for where he was, he was, uh, Look, they were looking to cast men in this ad he had placed, this casting call, but you had to show him your butt in order to see if you were right for the role. Now, this was clearly not the show's request, this was a personal request of Larry. And, uh,. <laughs> It, it and yeah. it, 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 this story only came to light 10 years later when Howard Stern asked him a question on the air, Where have you been? <laughs> and he told the story, <laughs> and it was pretty freaking memorable. But what Larry does now, uh, he tours with Barry Manilow and he writes Barry Manilow's banter, like between songs, you know, and like you know, they make jokes between songs. Of course. Yeah, and how—honestly, I haven't seen a Manilo concert, but I'd like to think, you know, we've acknowledged the fact, because he came out, which was hilarious when he finally did, as if any of us needed to know. Uh, oh,
4: yeah, we were all taken by surprise.
2: As if, As if we didn't know Mandy was originally called Andy
4: the right. whole time. <laughs> we know who that thing was written
2: for. You're not for Mandy. Would you stop right. it? <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's like when they used to interview Liberace on Johnny Carson and he's like, Have you found Mrs. Wright yet? He's like, No, still single <laughs> 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 like, yeah. It's always incredible. You're like, Wow, that's just, that's stunning.
2: Still out there combing the bathhouses for her. Haven't found her yet.
4: <laughs> Just still looking, me and Rock Hudson. We're going out every night just trying to
2: find the right lady. We throw on a Queen cassette in the car, and Freddie Mercury (laughs) sings us all the way there.
4: It's great. great. I don't know what it is.
2: Just gets me to find a gal. Just gets me going, man. Unbelievable. (laughs) We're talking to Diamond Dave Landau. Uh, A couple things before I let you go. First of all, are you on the road this weekend? Where where should they see you this weekend, next weekend? Uh
4: uh, this weekend I'll be in uh, Richmond, Virginia at the Funny Bone, and next weekend I will be at the Ann Arbor uh, Comedy Showcase in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, yeah, That's where nice. uh, yeah, I'll be doing some banter uh, written for me by the same <laughs> Larry is your head writer. <laughs> yes. Guys who yes.
2: show their butts get in free, as a matter of fact. It's a weird promotion. Um,
4: yeah, the, all, all the banter just involves, hey, you want to take your pants off? <laughs>
2: oh it's funny well listen we would be remiss if we're going to bring up the great state of michigan and your gig in ann arbor if we didn't talk about the lions you guys got a playoff win were you so jacked up
4: this is the best my son is the same age i was the last time we won oh that's hilarious yeah and it was uh it's, um, it's absolutely amazing for us i and it really is it was great to see it i can't i i, I it's amazing yeah. we, we it's you Unfortunately, know. there was only one house left to burn down in celebration. <laughs> the party didn't end so wild. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was. We couldn't celebrate like the old days, yeah. but it was really amazing, man. I mean, it's been 32 years, and I mean, Barry Sanders was on the team at the time. Now he's 108, yeah. but I, it, it's just nice to see that we're actually, you know, contenders again. Thanks, yep. and, you, and, you, and you know, thanks to our coaching.
2: No, nah, well, it's great though, and it is, and it is funny that. Uh, you're somebody on either end who could appreciate it. Because, like, if you were a fan when a team sucked, and that's like, and, and they suck, like, that's how bad the Lions were. Like, Barry Sanders literally looked at the franchise and was like, I'm not going to be crippled in old age because of this organization. And quit.
4: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he just left for London, and he was a guy, he never cared about stats, even with the Heisman, which yeah. is the best guy to get to be on the Lions. Because yeah. it's like, well, good news. <laughs> You're not going to get a lot of them.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, but it's great. But we'll be rooting hard. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't have a dog in this fight um, the rest of the way. So you know, you find good teams to root for. I'd love to see the Lions win. I'd love to see the Buffalo Bills win because they have good fans. They've never won. And uh, what's funny right. is like the Bills fans don't destroy the town; they destroy themselves. Have you seen like they break right. the tables and the you know they're beating the hell out of each other? It's funny.
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, back when we had the Silverdome uh, in mm-hmm. in Detroit, it was a lot of in the stands fighting mm-hmm. more than uh, the city. That was in the in Pontiac. But, yeah, yeah once we moved to the city, it was different. But, yeah, we definitely used to beat the hell out of each other back in the day. Oh. So that was yeah, – oh, cool. yeah, now the Bills have taken that for us.
2: Yeah, they took it from you. The Bills, the Bills, the Eagles. Old Yankee Stadium in the 80s, you could rent a cop's gun for one inning, no question asked. You just had to have <laughs> it back
4: by the third hour. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even need a good excuse you know,
2: just reasonable, it was cash and as long as you had don't make me come looking for you and that was it, you were yeah. good to go so yeah, <laughs> sports have come a long way it's a little slightly more homogenized now but uh, we will be rooting for you this weekend thanks my friend, I good, appreciate good that good luck Snookums, we'll see you back on the TV soon alright baby there he goes, Dave Landau, best of the best see him this weekend at the Richmond, uh, the Funny Bone in Richmond, Virginia, it's a great club And then he's out in Ann Arbor, Michigan the following weekend, Tudor Dixon Territory. Ann Arbor? My goodness gracious, that's Michigan Wolverine Territory. Landau just lost the Jenny Fala
1: vote, uh, but he was never going to get it because he's white.
2: Back after this.
1: The critics have spoken.
3: It's a mess. It's a mess.
1: This is Fox Across America.
2: it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Phelan in the bottom of the ninth on a big Thursday. I know I had promised you that I'd be on the Sean Hannity show tonight. I will not be there. I'm appearing on Hannity tomorrow, if you missed the announcement. I'm on a Friday night, Hannity, because they bumped me tonight for some lowlife named Donald Trump. This guy will say anything. I'm kidding. Uh, The Trumpster. Big Don, Big Don, sitting down with Hannity tonight. It's an exclusive interview at 9 p.m. on the Fox News channel, and you're going to want to check that out. Trump is... It's fired up right now, man. Get a big win in Iowa. He's walking away with it in New Hampshire. Nikki Haley ain't closing the gap. DeSantis is now down to single digits. Ron DeSantis.
4: There's a slob. There's a real slob.
2: And, uh, you know, the word on the street is they're laying off campaign staff. He's heading down to South Carolina to make a last stand. Uh, I would imagine DeSantis resigns after South Carolina. But one way or the other, it'll be interesting to see what Trump does tonight because— He did strike a conciliatory tone after winning Iowa. He didn't trash DeSantis. He didn't trash Nikki, per se. Uh, A day after trashing Vivek, he welcomed him into the fold as a surrogate. And uh, he's now, it sounds anyway, trying to rally the party because he realizes if he is going to win, he's going to need all the help he can get. The thing about Trump is he'll do 500 rallies between now and then. Okay, He has policies that are exponentially better than any Democrat. But he understands what he's up against. He understands how much they hate him in ways I don't think the average listener of this show does. You know, people love Trump. Okay, his tremendous relationship with rank-and-file voters because he wants the relationship. He goes out and meets everybody. So he's stopping in the local restaurant, bringing pizzas to the firehouse, posing for pictures with the cops. It's who he is. It's who he was when he was a celebrity and not a politician. Trump, the real estate developer, Trump, the host of Celebrity Apprentice, was considered the best guy to meet. If you were a cab driver, he didn't really take a lot of cabs. But, you know, the one or two times a year, if he, he did, he might tip you $1,000. It was a big deal. So the point is he's always had that affinity for the little guy, uh, but he understands that that affinity doesn't exist for him in most of this country. They really hate him. So he is absolutely going to make a strategic pivot, I think, to more of a grandpa posture to win this second term if he's going to pull it off. And less of a pugnacious playboy. I I don't know that we're there yet. I don't know that you'll see that on Hannity. But it's absolutely positively what I'll be watching for. So if you get a chance, check it out. And don't forget to set your DVRs for this Saturday night, 10 o'clock. It is the second episode of Fox News Saturday Night with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to have the Wolf of Wall Street on. Jordan Belfort. John Taffer is on from Bar Rescue. Then a couple of my dirtbag comic friends. And we're going to bring on Kevin Walling, who's a Democrat. And we're not going to talk politics once because it's Saturday night at 10 o'clock. I don't feel like fighting. You got the Sunday shows to fight, okay? Everybody in the world right now is on the verge of snapping.
3: Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it.
2: I agree 100%, which is why we're not going to encourage violence. We're going to delve deeply into our other hobbies on this show.
6: My hobbies are fast cars and fast women.
2: Are they ever? And we'll celebrate all of them in grand fashion this Saturday night. But until then, we're back on the radio tomorrow. The show's over. Pay up, get out. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't
6: be a... the fox news podcasts network
1: i'm ben Dominich, fox news contributor and editor of the transom daily newsletter and i'm inviting you to join a conversation every week it's the ben Dominic podcast subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com listen to the show ad free on fox news podcast plus on apple podcast amazon music with your prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts